This is the KFDM Morning Show podcast from the most watched morning team in Southeast Texas. Right now, check of the day's top stories. Yesterday, a member of Texas political dynasty visiting Southeast Texas, George P. Bush, currently the state land commissioner, made a stop in Beaumont as part of his campaign for Texas Attorney General. The Republican visited Amelia Farms and Market on Major Drive as part of his tour, uh, Texas first tour. He's running in the Republican primary against incumbent Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, Congressman Louis Gohmert of Tyler, and former Texas Supreme Court Justice Ava Guzman. Bush told us while his family's name is familiar to Texans, he's running as his own man. Texans know me for the last eight years as their land commissioner, a man who stands in his own boots and with his own ideas and his own vision. And so this campaign is no exception. Bush has traveled to Southeast Texas a number of times as part of the land office effort to help with hurricane and storm recovery. Developing this morning, $61 million available right now to help the region recover from hurricanes and tropical storms. Southeast Texas Regional Planning Commission discussed the grant money yesterday and how to get it into the hands of those who need it. The commission says the money will help with recovery from tropical storms Imelda and Harvey, as well as drainage projects. When a city or county is, is able to address um, a need such as a drainage need or a water or sewer need, we get really good, um, really good impact to the citizens because then needs that affect them, um, even in the times of disaster, sometimes on a daily basis can be resolved. And so it just it benefits everyone all the way around. The commission says the amount of funding for storm recovery and drainage could potentially increase to more than $140 million. Gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke making his last statewide stop in Houston yesterday following on the one-year anniversary of the massive power grid failure from the record winter storm last year. Just two weeks until the March primary, Beto spent most of the day at Houston City Council. He later met with some of the families impacted by the winter storm and had some words about how Governor Abbott dealt with the disaster. It's no wonder that the governor's defensive about this right now, and he's got a lot to answer for and a lot of people to answer to. Every single one of us in Texas who are paying higher utility bills. O'Rourke laid out a five-point plan saying he will address that grid failure and says Governor Abbott is also to blame. As for Governor Abbott, he's on the campaign trail as well, touting his endorsements with the Texas State Rifle Association. Abbott telling supporters yesterday at a rally in Waco that Texans have a, quote, God-given right to self-defense, end quote, and that he is the only one who stands in the way of a socialist taking away guns from private citizens. We know what Beto wants to do. He does want to come and take your guns and undermine your Second Amendment rights, and we are not going to let that happen in the great state of Texas. Abbott accused O'Rourke of double-talking in Tyler and said he does not believe the Democrat has had a change of heart when it comes to gun rights in Texas. Early voting underway across the state, many counties struggling to deal with the state's new restrictive voting law. A slew of ballots have already been rejected, including one from a World War II veteran. Diane Gallagher has the story. Well, I'm angry. I am, I'm righteously angry. After decades of helping others make a plan to vote, a controversial new election law landed 74-year-old Pam Gaskin in unfamiliar territory. Her mail ballot application was denied not once, but twice. I am Pam Gaskin, you know, super voter. <laughs> How could this happen? 
First, Fort Bend County had yet to update applications under the new law, which now requires voters to add their Texas driver's license or partial Social Security number to the application, which is what Gaskin did in her second attempt. But there's a catch. The law says it has to be the number that was on your, ID, on your application when you registered to vote. When did you register to vote? 46 years ago in this county. Because she wrote her valid license number but had registered with her social, the application was rejected. People are not going to vote. 95-year-old World War II veteran Kenneth Thompson's ballot application was also denied twice. In 1940s Harris County, he didn't use either number to register, so no match. In Texas, only a person who is over 65, disabled, or out of the county can vote by mail. But days before the application deadline, there are thousands of rejections across the entire state, all political parties, and this isn't the only problem. That's 5,000 cuts. A tight timeline to implement changes means less training and voter education, says Harris County Election Administrator Isabel Longoria. 14% of mail ballot applications there have been rejected over ID issues so far. We're still getting emails on all these tweaks in the laws. So what we're leading to now is a higher than usual, almost double, uh, rejection of mail ballot applications. But now the actual ballots are also being flagged and returned across the state, nearly 40% so far in Harris County overwhelmingly due to the new ID requirements, which voters need to write again in a space under the flap on the external ballot return envelope. There's so much confusion, she's doubled staffing at phone banks. We got 8,000 calls in January alone, 5,000 of which were about mail ballot voting. Texas is one of 19 states that passed restrictive voting legislation in 2021. Now let's make this final. But before Governor Greg Abbott signed Senate Bill 1 into law late last year, activists warned lawmakers about potential snares like ID match and complicated envelopes. The challenges that we're seeing now are a feature of SB1 of the voting law, not a bug. The Secretary of State's office telling CNN in a statement, our office has been working as quickly and diligently as possible within a compressed time frame to provide guidance to both election officials and voters on changes to the voting process in Texas. For Gaskin, the long journey is almost complete. An online ballot tracker, now required under the new law, says hers has been received. 28 days, three attempts, success. What worries me is that everybody is not as tenacious as I am. They're not going to stick with it. In-person early voting started this week. Voting rights groups are concerned about the expanded access to partisan poll workers. Some fear that could lead to more intimidation of certain voters. And now, your daily weather forecast from the Southeast Texas Weather Authority. Well, good morning, Southeast Texas. I'm meteorologist Chad Sandwell. It is Thursday. It is February the 17th, 2022. And today is going to be the day we see a cold front push through the area. Out ahead of that front, we'll look for a few showers and thunderstorms. Most of those storms will happen before lunchtime. After lunch, we'll start seeing that north to northwesterly wind kick in, and that will help to eventually clear out our skies. But it is a very warm start this morning. Temperatures into the middle and upper 60s pretty much across all of southeast Texas. I mean, you walk outside, you definitely feel it. Of course, those winds yesterday, a big issue, and we'll continue to see strong winds gusting up close to 40 miles an hour today. Most of the area into a wind advisory as that front will push through later this afternoon. 
Once we get into the evening, we'll start to see our skies slowly clearing out. We'll be looking for a mostly clear to just a few clouds early on Friday morning. Overnight lows tonight expected to be into the lower and middle 30s up into the lakes with the middle to upper 30s in the triangle. Friday afternoon, we'll see mostly sunny skies and high temperatures pushing back up close to 60, but I think all locations will stay into the upper 50s, so a very cool end to your work week. Over the weekend, we'll start seeing those winds turning eventually back around to the southeast. That will start drawing back some moisture. So look for partly cloudy skies on Saturday. A cool start. We'll look for temperatures into the lower 30s, perhaps some freezing numbers along and north of Interstate 10. Afternoon highs Saturday topping back out into the mid-60s, just a little bit below normal for this time of year. And then as we continue to close out the weekend, another trough of low pressure out over the western half of the country is going to bring us a southwest flow in the upper levels of the atmosphere. And that will allow the moisture to return and rain chances to pick up for the early part of next week. Looking for at least a 50% coverage of showers Wednesday, or Monday, rather, uh, a little dip on Tuesday, and then another pretty good chance of rain for Wednesday and Thursday of next week. So recapping today, it's all about the cold front. It is a very warm start this morning. Current temperatures here in Beaumont, 68 degrees as we push into the early morning hours. Waiting on the rain, haven't seen a lot of it yet, but again, it, most of the rain should be out of here before lunchtime. And then, of course, we'll be looking for that northwesterly wind to kick in and kind of freshen things up across southeast Texas. Again, don't forget, you can follow us anytime, www.kfdm.com. That's our website where you can get all the weather information with just a click of a mouse. Of course, if you have your phone, it's available on your iOS and Android devices. That's our KFDM weather app. Uh, interactive radar, hour-by-hour forecast, anything you need to track the weather in your location. And, of course, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's going to do it for your Thursday morning from the KFDM and Fox 4 Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Chad Sandwell. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow for the KFDM Morning Show Podcast.